I want, to, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 1. How many came to get something from the Lord this morning? Amen. It's, it's Christmas time, and I want to talk about uh, the, one of the stories uh, in the Bible and kind of talk about a forgotten figure in the Bible, amen, which is Joseph. You start to think about uh, all, the, all the, the, the characters in the, in the story of Christmas, and there's some very visible, very loud, very uh, clear uh, figures, like you start to think about uh, the angels, the angels had a voice. They came and visited, and glory to God in the highest. And you think about Mary having her voice, and she has that whole song that I think I talked about a couple weeks ago. And then you've got uh, uh, the the, uh, the the wise men that come to the to the um, the uh, help me out there. Been speaking Spanish all week to the manger, to the pesebre. Amen. And so when you when you switch back to Spanish after or English after a whole week of Spanish, it's tough. So so she, when they got to the manger, they had a voice. But you think about someone who had a really really important role in this that was Joseph, and he's kind of gets forgotten because he was silent. You don't ever hear hear much about him saying anything. So I want to read uh, just a few verses here and just give you three things to look at. Amen. And we're gonna uh, title this Grace Faith. And, and uh, obedience. Amen. Grace, faith, and obedience. If you're taking notes this morning, let's pick up in Matthew chapter 1. Actually, right before we read that, let's, let's remember, I want to, for today and next Sunday, we've got two Sundays left before Christmas, let's remember, parents especially, let's remember what we're celebrating. Can I get a better amen than that? Let's remember what we're celebrating. It's great to give gifts. It's great to eat. It's great to have fun. But let's make sure we make sure that Jesus is the reason that we're celebrating. Amen. That your kids know that it's about Jesus and not about Santa Claus. Can I get an amen? That's the reason we celebrate, and we need to keep that in perspective. Uh, there was actually a story. You know, it, it all depends on how we're raised, how we're raised according to Christmas and what, what we're taught. Um, and, and we need to ask that question, how are we raising our children? This one family, this was really neat, they, they celebrated Christmas every year with a birthday party for Jesus. They would actually uh, have an extra chair at the table, and they would, uh, in reminder of Jesus' presence, they would have a cake with candles, and they would sing happy birthday and uh, express the joy of Jesus every year. And then one, one year after Christmas, this particular family asked uh, a visitor asked the five-year-old daughter, Ruth, did you get everything you wanted for Christmas? And she thought about it for a second, and she said, no, but then again, it's not my birthday. Can you say amen? It's not our birthday. Can you say amen? It's Jesus' birthday. So Christmas is all about Jesus. Let's pick up here in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother uh, was betrothed, or in other words, engaged to Joseph, they came together, and she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary to be your wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bring forth a son, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. 
So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took from his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Father, we pray this morning for a few moments that you would open up our hearts to what is spiritual in our, in our lives this morning, what is important this morning. God, that we would be, be uh, blessed, grown, encouraged, challenged, touched, Father, ministered to by the power of your word this morning, Father. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for truth. Thank you this morning that we're not here as a group of religious people, but we're here as a a group of people who have a relationship with you and who truly know who you are. We ask you just to to make these stories in the Bible, these these, uh, presentations of what happened for our salvation come alive this morning in our lives. And Lord, minister to us in every direction, in every way this morning as to how we need it individually in our lives this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we're going to talk about Joseph, but as you think about this as him being kind of the silent figure, there's a lot of stories in the Bible that give people who are quiet or people who are not good in public or people who don't think they're important, gives them some importance. Right? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but there are people in this place that are quiet. They're, they don't want to be in front of people. They're, they're very shy. They're, they're, they're not very outspoken. They're, they're going to be behind the scenes. Or maybe you, you are outspoken, but you, you just don't feel like God can use you or whatever it is. I want you to know through this story, this is a great picture of that God can use people even when they're not in front. Even when they're not visible. Even when they're not heard. Amen? God can do a great work in their lives. Mary took the front row because of being the mother and, and all the things that happened, and Joseph kind of hangs back in the back, and, and there's not even a whole lot said about him after, after the birth of Jesus, and he's kind of the forgotten figure. And that's kind of a second title here uh, into this, is the forgotten figure of Jesus of Joseph. Sorry. And so you think about Mary. I want to look at Luke chapter 1, verse 46 to 48. She has this opportunity to speak out, and she says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, he has uh, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. Amen? So she has that voice. Then you see the wise men, that as they're looking for Jesus in Matthew 2, verse 2, it says, where, he, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. As you look at that manger scene, okay, I saw a lot of manger scenes in Costa Rica this week. They're really big on that. It's a very Catholic country. Not that that means you're Catholic, but there's a lot of people who have them out in front of their homes and all kinds of different places. And even at the dentist, there was one right there. And the dentist actually showed us, and he was proud of it because he'd had it for about 25 years. And it's the manger scene. And you kind of just focus on the animals. You focus on the wise men. You focus on Mary. You focus on Jesus. And Joseph's just kind of in the back as just some guy standing there, right? And that can happen sometimes. We, we don't do sometimes the things that God wants us to do because we don't think we matter. Okay? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Some of you are in, inside are shouting, that's me. That's me. I, I, don't do, I don't feel like God uses me or God can use me. But that, this message is for you. Amen? 
So the wise men said, where is the king of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Then we see the shepherds in Luke 2.17 as they become the evangelists of Jesus to, to say that uh, they've seen him. They've widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And we see all these opportunities of people to speak, but Joseph kind of just doesn't have a speaking part. He's kind of silent. He's kind of back in the background. But how many know without Joseph this, this story could not happen? Amen? He, it could not happen. He had to be there. Yet physically, we know that, that he was not involved in that birth. He was not, she was conceived by the Holy Spirit. It was the only time in the history of the world that this took place like this. But Joseph had to be there and had to do what he did for this to take place. And if he doesn't do what he does, we don't have salvation today. Because that never, get, that never takes place. This, the salvation story never happened. So I want you to write down three words. Grace, faith, and obedience. Grace, faith, and obedience. Those are some really, really key words as a believer. Amen. How many believers do I have in here this morning? As believers in Jesus, as sons and daughters of God, we have to know that those are f- three very key and important words. So I want to go back over this story and break it down into three parts. We're going to look at verses 18 and 19 again, and we're going to talk about the grace that Joseph had to have with Mary in this situation to be able to uh, make a difference. How many know that, that grace is something that we get for free, amen, but sometimes we're not very good at being graceful, right? Let's just, let's just be real. All of us even if we feel like we're really loving people, we have to stop so many times and look back and say, man, I wasn't very graceful in that situation. I wasn't very merciful in that situation. I wasn't very nice in that situation. And as you read this again, verse 18 and 19, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. His mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. We've, talk, we've talked about this before. How hard would that be? Amen, men. How hard would that be to hear that she is pregnant, they have not been together. And so it would have been very easy for Joseph to get angry. And, very, and I'm not even saying we don't exactly know what feelings he had. How many know sometimes you can have some feelings before you act? And, and God will give us a chance to work that stuff out. But what, what we need to do is do the right thing, say the right thing, and act the right way. But before we do that, sometimes there's a little bit of anger. There's a little bit of frustration, right? It's not like you just autumn. He didn't just say, oh, no big deal. I mean, he was going through some things. And so in this, just these two verses, we see an act of grace as he hears this, this news. And as we've talked about before, he knows what's going to happen to her and to him. Because that's the thing. He, he didn't, it's not just about her getting stoned. It's about the fact that if, if, they, if they, they weren't married yet, and so he was involved too, if they say she's got a baby, then they're going to tie that to him. And so he's got fear, he's got anger, he's got unforgiveness, he's got all these uh, trust issues going on, and then we see that we don't see the prayers, we don't see the thoughts, we don't see anything between 18 and 19, but then it says in 19 we see the grace of, of Joseph that says, then Joseph, her husband, being just a just man, sorry, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. 
So he, he chooses the road of grace. He, he says, I don't want to hurt her. I don't want to make her look bad. I'm just going to put this away quietly. I'm just going to be secret about this. So we see the, the, the mercy and the, and the justice where he could have demanded something else. He could have gotten angry. He could have, he could have wiped her all over, the, all over the map. He could have made her name worse. He could have done all kinds of things. But we see mercy. Interesting, I'm going to do a few parallels between the Old Testament his ancestor, Joseph's ancestor, Judah, it, back in Genesis, you don't have to look at it now, 38, when, Te- when Tamar got pregnant, he said, burn her alive. Look at the difference. And he wasn't even involved. So we see the difference. How many know we can learn from those in the past? Right? We have to learn to be graceful. And this is something we have to remember. Whenever we don't want to be graceful, we have to remember how much grace has been given to us. How many are reminded that a lot of times? Whenever you want to be mean and you want to, you want to say, this is what this person deserves, or then we have to stop and say, how has God treated me? What do I deserve? Amen? What, 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 is, what should I get from God? And especially at this time of the year, we need to learn to be more graceful. There are people hurting out there right now. There are people in need. There are people who don't understand the gospel. There are people who don't have it together spiritually, and, and they're going through things. They don't have jobs. They don't have money for their kids for presents. They don't have food for the, for the festivities. They don't have their, or, their, or they don't have family, and they're going through things. We need to be extra graceful at this time of the year. Amen? We need to be extra loving. And I mean, no, that's not easy. It's something we have to work on. So this merciful, graceful carpenter decides instead of getting mad to raise a merciful Savior. Amen. He, he, in, in, in our terms today, he kind of becomes the, the stepfather in a sense. Amen. He, he says, I'm going to raise this child that is not mine. And that's basically what he does. Now, he, he, we know he was the father, but he wasn't the biological father. Amen. And so anybody who's in mixed families today, hey, Joseph started that off a long time ago. He was, he was not the biological father of Jesus. God was. Okay, number two. Actually, let me say this real quick. When people deserve the sentence of justice, let's give them mercy. Amen? Let's give them grace. Let's give them encouragement. Let's give them prayer. Let's give them empathy. Let's try to put ourselves in their position. Number two, faith. Look at verses 20 to verses 23. I mean, amen, if you're there. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord. See, that's interesting about 20 because while he thought about these things. See, he had already extended grace, but he's still thinking. Probably, did I do the right thing, right? How many have ever done that? You do the right thing, you're like, well, did I do the right thing? While he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord. And I, and I want to I show you this. When you extend grace, God will come and give you your grace you need okay when you extend grace we it's the the gospel is about giving first it's always it's never about waiting for something else it's about doing it first okay first fruits uh, Jesus came and did it for us so that we would do it for others and so while he's thinking about these things God says okay he did the right thing now I'm going to confirm that he did the right thing I'm going to send an angel of the Lord and appear to him in a dream and says Joseph Son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. Now, how many have ever made a big decision and were thankful that God confirmed it? Confirmation is awesome, right? You made a big decision, 
and then God came along and confirmed it. That's a blessing. Joseph makes a big decision to stick out his neck and, and save her by grace and not put her, put her away silently, and I'm not going to blast you all over the place. We're going we're gonna to do this right. But he's still pondering. He's still wondering. And then God says, let me send an angel. Let me send an angel to prove that God, that I'm in this. And he says, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save people from their sins. Let's go to 23, 22 and 23. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now put yourself in Joseph's shoes. It, we, we read the stories a lot of times. We, the best thing you can do in the Bible reading it is put yourself in their shoes. Say, how would I act in this situation? What would my faith be? So we see him hearing this. How crazy. Put, stop and put yourself there and think that you don't know anything today. If God showed up today to you and told you that you're going to be the parents of God, how hard would that be to swallow? Right? Just, just put yourselves there. And, 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 and think about the faith that you'd have to have to, to, to see this through. And, and, and then what's cool is, is we have to know the Scripture. We have to know the Bible. That's why we read because the Bible was confirmed, Joseph would have read this verse in the Old Testament. And so God comes and says, just like I spoke in the Old Testament, just as the prophet says, he says, the Bible says, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And so he's basically saying, this scripture that you've been reading out of Isaiah, you're the one in the scripture. How amazing would that be? But here's the problem for us today in 2019. We're not, we're not Joseph and Mary in the story. We're not the big, big, big picture people, but we're in the story. Every single one of us. Say, every single one of us. Do you believe that? Do you understand that? We are just as big of a part of this story as they were because we're now the messengers who carry it on. And how many believe and know that there's a lot of stuff spoken in the, in the, in the Bible that's speaking about us? And we have to have faith to believe it. We have, so, so here's an example. The Bible tells him, you're going to be the father and the mother of God. You're going to call him Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, the virgin is the one coming from the prophet Isaiah. You're going to fulfill that. But, so we hear that and we think, okay, that was them. Well, what about the verse that tells us that we'll be, we'll be sons and daughters of God? What about the verse that says we're a holy nation, a royal priesthood? What about the verses that say that we walk by faith and not by sight? What about the verses that say that we were, we were sinners and now we're not? We've been just, all those verses in the Bible are talking about us. Lots of verses that we have to believe by faith. We have to believe by faith that the Bible says if any man is a new creation... Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Can I just stay right there for a second? We're talking about faith, right? We hear this, and we look at that story, and we go, oh, Mary and Jesus coming down, and that's so big. But today, we have to believe with just as much faith that I have been made a new creation. 
that my old things have been passed away and all things have become new. I have to believe that with just as much faith. Because if I don't believe it, I'm not saved. I have to believe with just as much faith that God can save someone, as that old song says, a wretch like me. Amen. I have to believe that But what Romans 5 says, that, that the wages of my sin are death and the gift of God is eternal life. I have to believe that while I'm still a sinner, Christ died for me. I have to believe that if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me. Oh, how many are seeing what I'm saying? Don't read the Bible and say, oh, that's them. Well, what about us? In this Christmas time, where's your faith at? We're seeing the faith of Joseph. We're seeing him step out, but every single day we have to step out in faith. We have to step out and trust God. We are walking in the same steps. It might not be in the same magnitude, but how many know that somebody's watching us? Somebody's looking to see how we're going to act. And so we see the plans of God are always fulfilled through us. How many know that's some responsibility? The plans of God are fulfilled through us. If each of us don't do our part, the gospel will not go forward. It could have stopped there with Joseph. But he says, I'm going to listen to the promises of God. And Joseph, by faith, is willing to believe God's word. So in this dream, and I like what this says. We're still in 20 to 23, and we're still talking about faith. I like that God says to him, Joseph, son of David. Okay, he reminds him who he is. How many know that God will do that to us? He'll remind us who we are. Not, not, I didn't say the devil will remind you who you are. God will remind you who you are. How many are thankful that God reminds us who we are? Like that song says, I am who he says I am. Amen? And how great is our God. That Bible, that verse tells us, I'm a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I've been chosen by God to do great things. So he says, Joseph, son of David. That's basically his last, like we would use a last name. He gets personal. I mean, oh, God knows your name this morning. So God watches over his plans and his purpose. Look at Ephesians 1. 18 to 19. Ephesians 1, 18 to 19. Look what this says. That the eyes of your understanding. How many can say sometimes you don't understand it all? Right? How many get to places where you don't understand? It says your eyes will be enlightened and you will know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? That's us inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards who us who believe look at that isn't that cool us how many are us how many us's do i have in here how many is's do i have in here how many we's do i have in here amen it says to us who believe because the question is if you believe then you're in us the only reason you won't be in us is if you don't believe According to the working of his mighty power. We can say, God, I'm struggling a little bit. How many know we can be honest with God? I'm struggling a little bit with my faith right now. I, I, I need to exercise it. Stay with me because this is important. How many know if you're not using a muscle, you're not exercising a muscle, it's going to get weak. Right? If you've got an arm or hand that you don't use a lot, it's going to get weak. That muscle has to be what? Exercised. That's why we're supposed to exercise. We're supposed to move. Amen? I should make all y'all get up and do some jumping jacks right now. You need to. Trust me. 
If you could see what you look like right now, amen. Just kidding. Get up and stretch. Get up and do something, right? It's good that we move, amen. And God wants us to move. So sometimes we can be like this right now, maybe on a Sunday morning. It's kind of foggy outside. We're kind of tired from whatever, and we need to move around, but we just sit there. God sometimes, many times, will say, okay, you've been sitting a little bit too long. I'm going to have to cause something to happen to move you into faith. Y'all getting it? I'm going to have to cause something to move you into faith. And And how many know when God begins to do that, it's uncomfortable? Amen? Because fear is usually involved. Fear is usually involved. I'll just tell a quick story on myself real quick. Most of you know that I'm claustrophobic, right? That's that's one of my fears. I don't like being in small spaces. I don't like being uh, held down. I don't like being any, I don't like, I like to be free, okay? That's why it's hard for me to get on an airplane. But I was at the dentist with Carla, and it's a small little office, and there's just a couple dentist, you know, dentist uh, rooms, whatever those are called, surgical rooms or whatever. An office and a hall, couch, TV, and, and a bathroom. And so I, I went to the bathroom, and I locked the door, which Carla asked me later, why would you even lock the door? Because it was just me. But, I mean, that's just, you go in the bathroom, you lock the door, right? So I go to get out, and the door wouldn't open. And if you're not claustrophobic, it's no big deal. But if you don't like to be in enclosed spaces, it's a big deal. And so I kept moving that thing and turning that thing, and I'm staying calm, you know, but if you, if you know what I'm talking about and you deal with that kind of fear, the calmness leaves quickly and turns to frantic. But you're still trying to be cool because it's just you and the dentist and your wife and the dentist assistant in the place. I kept turning it and turning it and turning it. And I thought, okay, glass door. Worst thing comes to worst. I can bust this thing open. Your mind starts thinking of all the things you got to do. And then I looked up and there was a window. But in Costa Rica, everything has bars. So I said, okay, I can't get through this window. But it was open, thank God. So after a while, seemed to me like five minutes. It's probably only 30 seconds. I said, I stopped, got my voice composed and said, Alex. That's the dentist. He's working on Carla. Alex. See, Blake. La puerta está cerrada. It won't open. I'm talking in Spanish, right? Okay, okay. And he came pretty quick, and he, helped, and, he t- and he just told me where to put it. He was on the outside, and it opened, and I got out. Amen. It, listen, if you ever hear that I get arrested for preaching the gospel, you better do vigilias. You do better do all-night prayer meetings for this man right here. I'm not going to do well in jail. Amen? Yeah, you're, all y'all with me? Fear. Now, I just told, I put myself on blast about what my fear is. How many have some things you deal with the fear? I know I'm the only one in here that has, any kind, that has a fear like that. But I, that's fear. Fear is the enemy of faith. Okay? Fear is the enemy of faith. When, jo- when Joseph finds out his wife is, gonna, gonna, is pregnant, what do you think hit him? Fear. Because we're not talking about being locked in a bathroom here. We're not talking about some short-term thing in jail. We're talking about being stoned to death. I mean, it's serious stuff. And so fear was there, and Joseph had to step out. Listen, write this down as we go to three. Faith is believing. Okay, some of you might say, what is faith? Write this down. Faith is believing according to the promises of God's word. 
Faith is believing according to the promises of God's word. Okay? Can I say that one more time? Faith is believing the, the, according to the promises of God's word. So why is it so important that we read his word? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by looking at your phone. Right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you ever get to a place where your faith is failing, your word reading of the word is failing. Because if you're in the word and you're reading the word, the word is feeding you and it's, and it's building up your faith. And you're able to say, Lord, I don't understand this situation, but I'm going to believe this according to the promises of your word. That's what, that's what God was showing him there when he said, just as the prophet said, I'm fulfilling this. You stepped out in faith. I'm fulfilling it through the word. Now, that, number three is obedience. This is a big one. Obedience is important. Obedience helped, uh, obedience really followed Joseph's faith. How many realize that when you step out in faith, obedience is following, right? It's, it's because, because you're really, you're really stepping out without really knowing where you're going. It's that, it's that darkness that you're not, that you don't see, you don't see the door open, but obedience is involved. You're just saying, God, I don't understand this, but I'm just going to obey. And so obedient, obedience and faith are like a, the two sides of a coin. You can't have one without the other. It's, you have to have obedience with faith. You have to have faith to have obedience. And so jo- Joseph showed us this. And, and he said, in spite of adultery, in spite of what the world's saying right now, I, I'm going to just trust what God says and I'm going to do what he says. And so we see, if you'll put that up one more time in verse 24 and 25, we see uh, what he does here in obedience that is so important. How many know that he had to call his name what he called it, told him to call his name? He couldn't just say, well, you know, God, I don't really like that name that much. Me, me and Mary have been talking, and we want to name him something else. Right? But Joseph, being aroused from sleep, here's the obeyed, did as the angel commanded him. Look at somebody next to you and just say, just do what God says. Right? Just do what God says. Don't question it. Don't ask why. Just do what he says. And he took him to, to his wife to his and took to him his wife and did not know her till she brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Amen. That, that means the God who saves. Yahweh is salvation. So Joseph hears and obeys. He's a man of obedience. He's a man of grace. And we need to understand this as I'm, we're going to look at one more thing. I'm going to still hear. One more thing this morning in Matthew chapter 2. Here's a relation to the Old Testament again. Matthew chapter 2, 13 to 15. Right before we read this, let's get back to that place where God will make us uncomfortable sometimes and cause us to exercise our faith. Exercise our faith. If you want to be happy and joyous and overcoming, you have to have faith. If you want to see great and amazing things in your life, you have to have faith. Don't step back and say, oh, that, 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 those, those faith people are over there. God never intended there to be faith people that in a certain section. He intended us all to be faith people. Oh, there's a faith movement over there. What does that mean? We're all supposed to have faith. 
But the reason we don't do things a lot of times is because we don't know how to trust and obey his word and just step out. Okay? And so we see that there's an obstacle. So in this story here, it says, When they had departed, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee to Egypt. And stay there till I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. And he was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, watch this, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, out of Egypt I called my son. What is Egypt to us? Egypt is problem. Egypt is, is, is lack. Egypt is wilderness. Egypt is bondage. Egypt is trouble. Egypt is not the promised land. Egypt is sometimes confusion. Egypt is struggle. But why did God send him to Egypt? Because just like he sent him to Egypt, he sometimes allows us to go to Egypt or sometimes causes us, causes us to go to Egypt so he can get our attention. So that we can act in faith and act in obedience. When it comes back to exercising something, it, when you do an exercise with your muscles, there's resistance. And resistance is what makes you strong. Some people in church, some people around the world that are saved, they want to have growth and they want to be mighty men and women of God, but they don't want any resistance. They don't want any struggles. They want everything to just be perfect. God never promises that. You see in the Bible, where the Old Testament Joseph, where did he go after the betrayal of his brothers? To Egypt. We see as Egypt is an unwelcome time or an unwelcome place. Moses was commanded to go to Egypt and face Pharaoh and free those Israelites. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were in condemned in a fire furnace in Egypt. Babylon, which was Egypt. Daniel had to face the lion's den. How many know places of obedience are not the places of most comfort? Most of the time when you are obeying God, it's not comfortable. You have to step out and be in an uncomfortable situation. And that's the, the best place you can be sometimes. So J Jesus takes, sorry, Joseph takes Mary and that baby Jesus to Egypt. And for a last thought, think about this. He leaves behind his carpenter's business and his trade. He leaves behind his family and his friends. And he obeys. And, he, and think about it back then. Go to Egypt. That's not, a, that's not a promising place to go. That'd be like God telling you today to pick up your, your family and move to the place in the United States that has the worst economy. And go start a business. Or, or has the most highest crime. And go take your family there. That's what it would be like. And Joseph just said, God, you said it. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to step out. Amen? So here's the, here's the last thought. Herod, how I many know Herod's symbolic of Satan, of the enemy in the Bible? Herod cannot destroy you when you're in a place of obedience. The enemy cannot destroy you when you're in a place of obedience. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Grace, faith, and obedience is what we see in this forgotten figure of Joseph, this man who 
who sometimes is not talked about because you didn't, we didn't hear a lot. We especially didn't hear anything after, after the birth and after the, the, he, Jesus begins to get older. He just kind of fades off into the, into the background and we don't hear anything else about him. But, but God, like so many of us today in the kingdom of God, it's not about what people see. It's about what you see. And you see our faith. And, and as you told Abraham, our faith is credited to us as righteousness. Church, if you want to please God, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but as you're praying there in your seat and you're, you're seeking the Lord this morning for today, for this week, for this end of this year, and you want to please God, I, I believe every single one of us in here want to please God. We want to please the Lord. We want to make the, the Lord happy. We want Him to be happy and and proud of us. Let me tell you how you do that. Faith. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God in, in Hebrews 11.6. It's impossible. So if you want to please God, you got to understand, listen to this point, God's promises are always in a place of obedience. So to get God's promise, a lot of us want God's promises this morning. We want his blessings. We want his, his favor. We've got to be in the place of obedience. And a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times, probably most of the time, that place of obedience is a difficult place. It's a place of trust. It's a place of, of, of struggle. It's a place of need. It's a place that's uncomfortable. But they're so important to realize God's plan for our lives. Father, I ask you this morning, in this Christmas time, that we would all be people this morning of grace. God, that we would treat others the way we want to be treated. Lord, that we would look on those people, even the ones at the corners, asking for food. Lord, those on the street, Lord, those in our family who are struggling, those in our lives who aren't doing what we wish they would do, help us to be graceful and loving and, and reach out to them, Father, in the best way we can and pray for them. If anything else, God, we can pray for those people. that And just I just ask that I would be as graceful to others as you've been to me. Because I don't deserve your grace. I don't deserve your mercy. I don't deserve your love, but you give it to me because you're faithful. Father, help my faith to be strong. Help me to understand that when I'm in a difficult time, you're working. You might be sending me through Egypt or taking me through the fiery furnace or taking me through the lion's den, but I'll trust you and I'll obey. And as I obey, faith arises and faith strengthens me. And then I begin to see the promises of God in my life. All over this place this morning, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, how many could say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior this morning. Never been born again talking about a real relationship, a real surrender to the Lord. Joseph had to surrender to God's will. You might say, oh, there's some things I don't want to get rid of. There's some things I don't want to stop doing. I'm, I kind of like this life I have. Well, the Bible says sin is good for a season. It's, it's enjoyable for a season, but it's going to end. And then the wages of that sin is death. How many could say, Pastor, today I just want to make sure before I leave that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Would you just lift your hand if that's you and you don't know that this morning. You want to you give your life to Jesus. You want to surrender to him this morning. Just say, that's me. Maybe you've been running a little bit. Maybe you've been backsliding. Maybe you've been turning away.
Maybe you've been making some bad decisions. Come home to him today. Maybe at the end of this year, as we, as we begin to get ready to just spend some time on the altar, maybe, maybe we've stopped praying as much as we used to pray. Maybe we've stopped reading the Bible. Maybe we've gotten out of our routine and we've gotten lazy. Say, I'll pick it up on January 1st. Well, there's still a couple weeks left for us to finish strong. This is so important that we finish strong this year and we don't lose our, our discipline and we don't lose our faith and we don't lose our obedience. Amen. So let's stand to our feet this morning. Let's, let's let the Holy Spirit work on these three areas of our lives. You might be here and say, man, that, that grace thing got me. Oh, man, faith. Faith is something I'm really struggling with. Man, I, I got I to gotta be better at obeying God's word. You might be saying, I'm all three. Whatever you're at, amen, the Bible, we can be like Joseph. At the end of, at the end of it all, how many know Joseph's got an amazing crown in heaven? He kind of disappeared into the background and was never seen again, never talked about again. But he's got a mighty place in heaven. And that's us today. Don't worry about acknowledgement from people. Don't worry about a pat on the back from people. Worry about what God sees. Amen. And everything you do, God sees this morning. As we begin to sing, let's find a place in the altar. Let's spend a few moments in the presence of the Lord.